Hello, and welcome to the Title Penning Podcast. I'm your host, this and every week. My name is Willow. Your name is your name. I've recorded this four times now. We are talking about Bo Burnham this week. We are talking about his new comedy special titled Inside. And boy, do I have shit to say to you about that. (laughs) This special is, first of all, it was announced nine days Nine. Nine whole days before it came out. So it gave me only nine days to prepare for it. Was I? Was I prepared? Absolutely fucking not, I was not. I was not prepared at all. Not in the slightest. (laughs) Not in the fucking slightest was I prepared for what he had to say. Um, But let's dive right in. The first half is... I guess more easily digested, I would say. Um, it's more about the social and political state of affairs, lightly addressing them and, you know, making fun like an SNL skit would, but better, obviously. Um, he acknowledges that You know, some people are just kind of caught in their own shit right now. The, you know, you're FaceTiming with your mom, you're posting on Instagram, just your life, and just stupid shit because you're stuck in quarantine. There's nothing else to do. Um, you're sexting your significant other, because why, you can't see them, unless you live together. So you're, you're just on the fucking phone. All the time, I think, was his point. Um, there's probably more to it than that. But pretty much, like, damn, it sucks that we're stuck inside. Like, it was more of a... Ah, fuck, two weeks, you know? Like, we're gonna... Mini vacation, but, like, we can't leave the house. So, like, what are we gonna do, you know? But as it goes on, you can tell... He's kind of coming into the, the realization that it's not a temporary thing. <laughs> It's it's gonna be here for a while, and you weren't prepared for it to be this long because everyone said it was gonna go away in two weeks, and it didn't. It it took a year. It took over a year. Um, I don't know. I don't think he was expecting it to only take two weeks to make the schedule. The schedule? The special. Wow. Um, but he did not expect it to take a year. He didn't feel like he would be in... Like, maybe a few months, but he he didn't expect it to take, you know, until his 30th birthday. Um, but you can tell he's kind of, like, losing his, his funny edge towards the end of the first half of the special, I guess. Like, quarantine was hard anyway, you know what I mean? Like, even when it started... And we were there for, like, we were at the two-month mark. It was rough. It was really starting to get hard and and bad. Um, And then when things started opening up, but you couldn't really go do anything unless you absolutely had to. And you couldn't see people, and you had to, to plan things, and you could only go to work. And his, his work is this. You know what I mean? It's this, it's comedy, it's acting, it's directing, and nothing was happening in Hollywood. 
You know, like, no one was doing shit about shit for the longest time because we were in a pandemic. So, obviously, who the fuck is going to make a movie or make a TV show or a comedy special? And he said, in January, he literally said, damn, I should probably start doing something I hid for five years. And then he was stuck inside against his will for another year. And and obviously, that's gonna do a number on someone. It's gonna be difficult to be a person after that, or during that even. I know I wasn't, but the first half seems like his version of a distraction from that. Talking about, you know, the silly things that don't matter, um, and also acknowledging that they don't really matter. Being like, do I need to be joking right now? You know, do I need to be putting a sock puppet on my hand? But he's also very self-aware in the fact that not only is he not a part of a lot of what's happening, he's not a part of, you know, any marginalized groups, he's relatively well off, he's not worried about unemployment or racial injustice or inequality in any way, because as he said in Make Happy, he's a fucking straight white man. There's not much else you need when you're a straight white man and you are famous even he's got money he doesn't live believe it or not he does not live in that shed (laughs) he has a house um and he you know he he's not really struggling physically at least so he he recognizes that and he says like hey i i'm well off like i'm fine at least in the first half, he's like, don't worry about me, like, this is, this is what I'm doing to cope. And we all did shit to cope in quarantine. People learned different things. I learned how to roller skate again. I got a lot of unnecessary things off of Amazon, like I'm sure he did. Because that second Jeffrey Bezos song where he's wearing a suit made of hair or something. Not quite sure what that was about, but quarantine will do that to you so you can you can tell as it goes on that he is slowly becoming aware of the fact that he doesn't know who he is right now and I think a lot of us felt that way during quarantine when we were alone with ourselves and there was really not much we could do we could sit with ourselves and learn or we could just completely dissociate. And he looks like he chose... Not chose to, obviously. No one chooses to fucking black out and, you know, get rid of half their memories of the day. But you know what happens? And it was something that I was struggling with for a long time because of, you know, being alone so much with myself. Um... That it felt serendipitous, I would say, to have a whole special pretty much about the the derealizing of your own self because you have spent so much time that you just don't want to be a part of it anymore. I... But he, he's got... Like, first of all, the whole thing is filled with bangers. (laughs) Like, he 
is so musically talented and so driven to write and perform such funny fucking things. It's just... I know that was the point. It was The point was to be funny. But also to kind of acknowledge that life isn't always fun. So to have a whole special about pretty much losing yourself after choosing to come back, like, choosing to want to make comedy again. He said at the end, like, he was like, I got better, and then this happened, and now I don't know what to do, so this is what I'm doing. And he documented that process in such a way that it makes you feel all of it. There's one bit where it's a video of him, clearly, like, earlier on, in the quarantine, um, where he's talking about, like, oh, don't kill yourself, and shit like that, like, really sarcastic and really, like, lighthearted, and being, like, pretty much what he did, um, before Kill Yourself and Make Happy, where he's, like, hey, if you want to kill yourself, don't, like, right after, he was, like, I apologized immediately, like, very, like, lighthearted and joking about, like, why are you listening to celebrities when they say don't kill yourself, like, they don't care about you, they don't know who you are, like, mental illness is a real thing, but also, you wouldn't listen to me when I said kill yourself, right? And then he's, this video that he made is being projected onto his own self, and it's clearly much later in the year. He's got Jesus hair, and like a full-ass scraggly beard. Looks great, but you can tell it's much later, and he is just not there. He is on his, he watches it, and then he, he's on his phone for a second, and then he, he finishes it, and it, there's no recognition behind his eyes of who that is. And I, I don't, I'm not pr- trying to project that onto that bit, but that's what it feels like, and I feel as though that was somewhat of the intention, was to be like, that person who is saying that is not the same person who is me right now. Same thing when he projects a video of one of his first YouTube videos onto the wall and he watches it and he's just kind of sitting there like, imagine going from sitting in your room making songs 14 years ago to being stuck making songs in your room 14 years later. That'll do a number on you. This guy got out. Not only of, like, his house, but you know, his beliefs have changed, and he is clearly much more, I guess, aware of his content, especially with songs like Problematic, where he, um, addresses some stupid shit, and then also addresses that he can't blame his childhood for it, and, like, the way he was raised, he knows he's his own person, and he knows he's been a piece of shit, um, which I... I would argue that point in most ways. Like, I think the worst thing that's happened is he made his... Like, in 2015, he used the N-word in one of his bits, and people were pissed about it. But other than that, and he, he did it to, like, just... It wasn't even necessary, but, like... And he said the F-slur quite a bit. 
Um, as a faggot myself, I give him a pass, but that's beside the point. Um, I feel as... I need to stop saying that. That's, like, my go-to phrase, and I realized it recently, and I know I can't get it out of my head, and I can't stop fucking saying it, but he... I want to be clear that, like, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I'm not trying to summarize, like, what it is. I'm trying to tell you how I feel about it and think about it. So, him being aware of his problems doesn't make him absolved of these problems. He wants to be held accountable for them, and he will openly tell these people what he's done in the past and how it went down and why he did it. Like, there's no reason for it. He knows that. Like, he's not defending himself in any way. And a lot of people took those jokes that he had made way too seriously for someone who obviously, very clearly, didn't mean a word of it. The whole persona, the whole person he is on stage, in his other specials at least, um, is not the same person that he is in real life. And he said that. It's not that I know him. I'm not gonna be like, oh, he's like a great guy actually. Like, eh. like I met him twice. Three times. And I didn't, like, he doesn't know who the fuck I am. He, I don't know him like that. No one but his immediate family and friends know him like that. You know what I mean? Like, and he doesn't want people to blindly follow. They, he wants people to, to do their own research and learn about him themselves. Um, and he recognizes that. This special is is very self-aware and very, like, like picking on yourself. And it, it, it does get to a more serious point as it goes on. Um, there's an intermission, and the first half is filled with songs like White Woman's Instagram, sexting, like, just comedy, and, like, just shit like that. Like, it's, it's just like, hey, this is kind of what's going on, this is what we're doing, like, I... No, there's a lot going on in the world, but, like, also, hee-hee, I have to sex my girlfriend instead of actually having sex with her because I can't see her. And, like, I have to FaceTime my mom, who doesn't know how to use FaceTime. Like, hee-hee, funny joke stuff. And mm, there's one part in the beginning where there's a flash in the corner of him streaming, which is a later bit. And at first, I thought he had maybe forgotten to edit that out. But then I wondered why it would have been there in the first place. So I talked to Haley about it. We were talking about it yesterday. And her theory is that it's a Fight Club reference to Tyler flashing before um, actually showing up. And... To go off of that theory, which I don't know if that's true, but I would like to believe that my favorite comedian referenced my favorite movie. Um, what is that noise? Uh, to go off the Fight Club theory, the narrator of Fight Club invents Tyler Durden pretty much because he has dissociated so much he becomes two people. Um... To put it very simply, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't feel, 
he has completely removed himself from himself. Literally. So to reference that movie, of all movies, if that's what happened, really drives the point home. That he feels as though he has played his quarantine as a video game, as opposed to actually participated in it. And you can tell later in the, in the Twitch stream that he is so far removed, I guess, from the situation that he just, it doesn't feel like it's him. You know, he doesn't see that it's him doing these things. He doesn't see that, you know, he's the one in the video game. The whole point is pretty much like, I'm playing a video game. I'm not really doing anything else, you know? And that was, I think, one of the first, like, harder uh, bits of the of the special to understand. It was like, why the fuck are you doing... Like, it was a funny bit, for sure. But when you watch it a few times, you're like, wait a second. Like, there's more to this than just being funny. Which is his specialty, I will say. Um, he is really good at driving his points home, at making them work and making them funny. He doesn't preach too much either. He doesn't, like, get up on a soapbox and be like, I am a genius. But, like, his, his character would. Like, his it, he's a jackass in his specials for a reason. But he isn't exactly, like, telling you, this is it. This is what's going on right now. This is what you need to be doing. This is all. He is pretty much showing you how he handled it. And pretty much teaching you not to do that. And, like, showing you what not to do when you, you know, have a meltdown. Um, and then he just has a bit on the floor after, I think after his first Jeffrey Bezos thing. Um, he's on the floor in the shed with a pillow and a blanket. Oh, it's before sexting, so it's pretty early on. Um, where he pretty much goes into, like, hey... The mental health of our, like, kids and our friends is, like, not something to be exploited. It's not something to, like, flatten out, I think is what he said. Like, he just, he, he said such a profound thing and then just ends it with, I'm horny. So, excuse me, um, it, it becomes, like, such a juxtaposition to, like, go from thinking and literally just saying whatever the fuck popped into his head, I think. Like, it felt very candid, comparatively, um, to just another song. You can see the cracks in his armor throughout the special, and it's fascinating as it goes on. And then we get into post-intermission, where everything hurts and I want to die. Um, <laughs> um, he realizes that his old stuff is problematic. Like, he, he knows that. He talks about turning 30. He, he also talks... The abrupt end in turning 30, first of all. Um, which, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know what the order of events is here, because I've watched it so many times, and I've also listened to it so many times that I am going to have to look at my phone now. Um, <laughs> okay. I, it goes, inside comedy, FaceTiming with my mom, how the world works, white woman's Instagram, unpaid intern, Jeffrey Bezos one, sexting, 
Intermission. Stuck in a room. Problematic. Turning 30. Don't want- No, I think don't want to know is actually the beginning of- Yeah, because stuck in a room is like, I took a big fucking breath. Um... But after turning 30 is the intermission. And then it goes into feel like shit. Which, believe it or not, is probably the most fun the second half gets. That song's a bop. It goes off, and I've seen it all over my TikTok page, and I can't believe that I have regressed so much that my TikTok page consists of Bo Burnham and Supernatural at the same time. Um, he likes he pretty much is honest with us here he is saying hey like i don't feel good this is bad but you can see it start to continue to deteriorate throughout the special um because later he is again talking about his mental health and he's like hey i have reached an all-time low and he, you can tell he's like in the dark he's not wearing shirts he's not like he's just you can tell he's depressed. And then he goes into, like, another goofy, like, bit of, like, I got this feeling in my body. Like, he is still trying, I guess, to make it funny, but it, it you can tell that he's kind of faltering with it as it goes on. Because he tell like, in Turning 30, he's like, I did not expect to be making it this long. I did not expect to be 30 and still be stuck in this room. I hate it. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, you, it's been, I think, six months at this point. Um, but he has pretty much, ex like, expected that to be out of here by now. And so, so did we all, you know? Um... And then he does Welcome to the Internet, which is clearly, like, filmed much earlier in the quarantine. His hair's shorter, his beard's shorter. He's not completely miserable. Um, which, it's, it's a nice break in the bit, in the middle of, like, being told over and over again that Bo Burnham feels like absolute garbage. Um, he didn't want to be, thir like, having his birthday in quarantine. None of us did. Um... But he, he is pretty much very clear at the end that he is, like, not okay anymore. You know what I mean? Um, so Welcome to the Internet was a nice break from that. He does another Jeffrey Bezos thing. And then, and then he, oh boy, he has, the, the, like, the next, I want to say, 30 minutes is just pain. And, and not the type of pain where you know you're hurting, until the end, um, he, I believe, performs, yeah, he does Funny Feeling First, which is a whole song about derealization, de de pretty much, about tuning the world out for the longest time, that you pretty much don't know who you are anymore, you don't recognize yourself, you don't really participate in life. And this is something I was talking about in therapy for a very long time during quarantine. I felt like I was very, so far removed from who I was because I didn't do anything. I didn't take care of myself. And after that song where, first of all, that song is fucking fantastic. It's incredible. After that song, 
he has he has he sits down to like what seems like to end it um and he loses it he you have to watch it to understand what i'm talking about but like he like storms off without even finishing and you can tell like for a very short amount of time he is not in character he is himself and he is not good and he says that immediately after, you know? He looks... He has another bit where he's sitting next to the camera right before, like, the ending two songs. And he's like, I am not okay. Like, I'm not well. And then he cries. And I was like, okay, he's, like, stage sobbing like he was earlier. But there were real fucking tears in his eyes. And he doesn't, like, real cry unless he's acting. And his... Even though he does have, like, a character in this special none of it was really like out of character you know what i mean except for that that was out of character that was him for a split second i think he and he kept it in and i'm glad he did because even the funniest fucking people are miserable and like every every comedian is built from so much anger and sadness but you can tell that he was so tired of being with himself for so long that he just couldn't, he couldn't do it. He literally said, I can't fucking do this right now. Like, he, he, he tried to sit down and it was just him saying something. And he could, it, I think what happened was, and I only say this because I've had them myself, I think he had a panic attack. He might not have. He might have just been fucking pissed. But the way he, like just stops talking the way he like stutters his words and like he's kind of shaking like he those are very telling signs that something is going on here that he can't even be in character right now he can't deliver the joke the way he wants to and he wanted to show us that to pretty much drive the point home again that hey like we're in the middle of a fucking world history event and we're going through it, and it's affecting me, and here's how I'm being affected. So don't feel like you going stir-crazy or you losing your mind a little bit is this, you know, far-fetched thing. You know? It's it's a, it's a build-up, and it hurts, and it sucks. Especially towards the end when you're in winter again and you still can't fucking go outside. And there are spikes, and you're just quarantined again. I can't imagine how he felt thinking that he was going to go back on stage in January of this year and then going into that pandemic. I cannot imagine the heartbreak that must have brought among like brought onto him when he finally felt ready. He he completely lost it again. He lost I don't want to say he didn't make progress, like he lost his progress. I don't think that's true of anyone. But there are setbacks. And this might have been a setback for him. I don't, I don't know if it was. He spent a whole year completely isolated from, you know, anyone, as we all did. I don't know what to what extent he went to, because I know he has a dog and a girlfriend and friends. And, you know, I don't know how far he went to do this special. I don't think he, like, lived in that shed or anything, but 
then again, who knows? I don't know what he did for this. I don't know how he prepared for this. But you can tell that it didn't just happen. Everyone who is speculating that Bo Burnham is, you know, oh, he had a meltdown, like, in the middle of it. Like, no, the whole thing is a meltdown. The whole thing is, hey, I'm losing my goddamn mind. Someone say they can totally know what I'm, I mean. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Am I the only one here? Am I the only person going through this? Because it feels like it. Because it, I am the only one here. And it felt like that for a very long time. For me. And I'm sure for so many people. I couldn't... Luckily, I, I had a support system. But... It was hard to be alone as someone who... Not only whose like, love language is quality time... But, like, someone who is, like, just so social and out, like, I guess extroverted. <laughs> and I, I thought for the longest time that I was an introvert and that I got energy when I was by myself and I would, like, thrive in quarantine. And then I realized very, very quickly that I was not an introvert anymore. Um, I, de I could not do it anymore. I like, now I have a very difficult time being alone for a long time. Um, but this, this special did make me feel like I was less alone in what my quarantine consisted of. I FaceTimed my mom and I thought, I thought that bit was fucking hilarious because it's v so completely true. I loved the unpaid intern bit because reaction videos became such a thing this year. I know they've been a thing before that, but, like, everyone was doing it because there was nothing else to talk about or do. Just other people. Just watching other people. Or, in this case, watching yourself do something. And then fully realizing it's you, and then realizing you can't be with yourself anymore. Like, it's, it's just so frustrating to spend a whole year wishing to just have some sort of contact with someone or make a connection with someone or just fucking go outside by yourself even that you do start to feel it falling away and it, it is miserable <laughs> and I, I know this isn't supposed to be Um, sorry, I was reading my work schedule. I know this isn't supposed to be, like, a feel-good thing completely, but it's a comedy special. It's supposed to make you giggle. And I could tell very, very close to the end. It didn't make me giggle very much. And... I'm kind of glad it didn't make me laugh, because I, I don't know. It, it was very difficult for me to be alone for so long, and to also, not only that, but I had just moved out of my mom's and into my dad's. Sorry, oh my goodness. Um... 
none of these are what I want. Where's my vinyl? Anyway, I felt as though I was the only one going through it. And everybody else, I'm sure, for the longest time was like, I'm the only one dealing with this weird feeling of, like, being so far removed from everything that's happening because we've become so desensitized to it. Because all we had to do for a year was go on the internet and you were bombarded with bad news. Of any kind. Of every kind. Coronavirus. Protesters being shot and killed. The president. The election. That one was rough. And meanwhile, you have nothing to distract you from it because you've been fucking inside all the time. You turn on the TV, it's the same shit. The only thing you can do is be with yourself. And that's not a good distraction, so you're fucked. The world is ending, and you have decided to document your entire quarantine because fucking what else is there to do? So you're in this constant loop of not wanting to go to the outside world, but not wanting to stay inside either, so you're just fucked either way and it becomes this endless miserable cycle of I hate myself I hate you I hate myself I hate you I need to die I need you to die like and then you finally make it to the end or almost the end we have come to a point where we can go outside again and you don't know if you want to because of everything you've heard over the past year you don't know what's going on no one's touched the outdoors Except for the fact that it's burning. And we have no say in what happens next. So you do feel really trapped. And this special does a wonderful job of capturing the claustrophobic feeling of being inside for a year. And being by yourself. And what you have to do to get over it or to just accept it. And a lot of that was just learning your tics and what you hated about yourself, unfortunately. Um, and it, it takes a lot out of you. So for Bo to really commit to this and start this at the beginning of quarantine and say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this throughout whatever time period this is, not knowing that it's going to be a year in the making. I'm sure he didn't expect it to take a year. It's probably like six months tops I'll be out on the road touring again. And we all thought that. For the longest time we were like, oh, two weeks goes to two months goes to what? Right? Max six months? I went back to work of June 2020, I believe. But even then, I was only going to work. And no one was coming in. And it, it just felt so different going outside only to pretty much sit there for six hours and no one was coming in, no one was going out, and you were still completely alone besides, like, one or two co-workers, depending. And it, it was just so sad to see that, like, so many people would just had gone through that. So for him to, like, completely commit 
to such an unexpected thing. I, I give him props for that, because that's fucking hard. Like, he didn't even think that he was gonna spend his birthday, which was in August in quarantine. And for a lot of people, especially people who, like, were more set up to do work, like him, like comedy work, and stuff that you can't do with crowd, like, you can't do without a crowd, he was completely set up to be home until, like, now. Because his job didn't require him to go out until now. Because now he's allowed to. So he, he had nothing to do, so he just kept working on that. And that's fucking insane to think about. If I had documented my quarantine in any way, I would have killed myself. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he is, gave himself something to live for. And I'm, I'm glad I made it to see it. Because God, who the fuck knows how I did it, but I survived 2020. And so did you, if you're listening to this right now. And it was a hard year, and I think he does a fantastic job of explaining just how hard 2020 was for us as just a species of, ooh, it's pouring, fun, um, a species of just social creatures to be so isolated for so long, to to the point where you don't know who you are anymore and you have this this crisis of insignificance and existentialism and you hope to god that something means something and nothing nothing feels like it does i can only imagine the people who are like just getting started like he was like starting to get better and starting to heal I was in a similar place. I had a breakup that it took me a very long time to get over in 2019. And 2020, I was starting to feel better and, you know, comfortable with myself again. And then I spent a whole goddamn year by myself. So it hurts. And there were setbacks. So it's good to know I wasn't the only one, selfishly. But I'm very proud of what he created. And I'm so grateful for it because it, it really did hit home. And it, it was a very universal thing, I think. Like, a lot of people could probably feel what he felt for the first time. You know what I mean? Because his other specials are a lot about of like him performing and him, like, you know, being... A, a person of comedy and a person of writing, and now he's a YouTuber again, pretty much. Like, it's a Netflix special, obviously, but, like, he he recognizes that he is way back where he started, not only in what he's doing, in the way he's doing it, but, like, mentally, probably, for a little bit, because he finally got over his panic, panic attacks and decided to do comedy again, and then... And then... You know, something worse happens. And something that you're not prepared for, something that no one's prepared for, no one knows how to handle, and you're completely on your own while you're also going through your own shit and you feel like you can't talk to anyone because they're all going through their own shit. 
So the only person you could talk to is you. You lose it pretty quickly. And to see all that, see that progression. Not something I expected to enjoy. I expected to enjoy it because it was Bo Burnham, but I didn't expect to enjoy that. I didn't expect to feel so much afterwards. And it just all went down so, so smoothly. It was such a good flow of content from the beginning to the end. You could feel the difference between him in the beginning and him at the end, which is something that in other specials, obviously, you can't really decipher because it all happens in one day. And, you know, he wrote it to be that way. He wrote it to be one cohesive part of him. But if you spend a whole year working on something and you don't know where it's going yet, whatever comes out is going to be a shit show. But he did such a good job. And I'm so grateful for it. And I know he would hate me to like say all this, but he is definitely one of the most talented people of our time. He is outdone himself every time. It's so impressive that he, he is still so determined to finish and to deliver. It wasn't even finished when he announced it. He said, I'm almost done with this. He put it out nine days later, and it had just been finished. He had been working on that since, like, I want to say March of 2020. Didn't tell anyone, by the way. No announcements, no, hey, I'm doing things, like, just nothing, nothing. And just to come back with something so profound, and also so like, gut-wrenchingly angry and pissed off half the time, as well as just really sad, but also funny. It's, it's so much more than I could have asked for, for from anyone. To put yourself and your mental health on the line like that, to make something, not only for yourself, but to make something for other people who are going through what you're going through, and wondering if people will even care or listen or understand it but putting it out anyway and being like hey i hope you like it like good luck um i appreciate it more than he would ever know and i would give so much of whatever i needed to give to see it live i know that doesn't make sense because it's not meant to be performed live but the lights are fucking insane, firstly. And to, to see a show based on something that we had all experienced after the fact, I feel like it could be funny at the right time. Maybe if he tours it in five years, but <laughs> or tours something else and does some of Inside and as a part of it. But, like, I know I'm talking in circles, but I am so utterly fascinated by this man. It amazes me what he's capable of and just how his brain works and how it has worked for so long. I, this is why I'm mentally ill. I started watching Bo Burnham at 14 
And now I say that 14-year-olds shouldn't watch Bo Burnham, not only because it's not appropriate, but because these are problems you shouldn't have as a 14-year-old, to be completely honest with you. I don't recommend Googling derealization at the age of 14, not only because you went through a pandemic and you probably have felt some to an extent, but also because you really don't want to know <laughs> what it feels like to not recognize yourself and to not know who you are looking in the mirror. And as you grow up and grow out of these silly things where you think the, the smallest things in the world matter, you start to see the bigger picture and you start to kind of feel insignificant after a very long time. And you start to see the flaws in other people. You just can't really escape the fact that this world is fucked up. And there's no way to fix it. We're too late. And now we just have to enjoy the time we have left. Which, according to Bo, is seven more years. Um, I'm sorry this podcast wasn't lighthearted or funny or coherent, even. But this special has such a deep deep connection with me now. Like, I, I am attached to this hour and a half of content that this 30-year-old man made in his shed that I can't stop thinking about it. I want desperately to understand how his brain works. But we only get what he gives, you know? There's so much we don't know. And I really hope he's doing okay now. I hate when people are like, oh, does Bo Burnham need a hug? Is he okay? Like, clearly no. But he showed you what he wanted you to know. You don't need to know anymore. He pretty much put out exactly what he was comfortable putting out. And after that, the people who know him know him. We know what he wants us to see. And he's said that plenty of fucking times, and new people discovering him still don't seem to understand that this is a character. For the most part. It is a character, it is a persona, it is a version of him, but a lot of it is exaggerated for comedic effect. What's not clicking? Anyway, we don't need to go into that rant. We can leave it on a positive note that he is... He got his hair and beard cut, beard cut, so I'm sure he's doing a little better now. But this piece of art that he has created is going to stick with me for a very long time, because after coming out of that, and, like, uploading it and posting it for you guys, for everyone else to see after going through all of it, as opposed to while it's happening, makes it more of a reflective piece, I feel. It feels less like... A doomsday thing if you look at it that way but it is still a very difficult I guess piece of his work to understand because it's it's easy to understand but it's difficult to watch sometimes because it, it's of a lot it's very hard 
to watch. It's very existential and tough if you're not in the right headspace because it's going to make you do things that you probably don't want to think about. And I hope that anyone that has watched it is okay and hasn't been too rough on themselves afterwards because I was for a little bit. I was like, I am completely insignificant. None of this matters. I'm going to die alone. Um, but it, it's gonna affect you regardless because everyone has gone through this. He isn't the only one that's dealt with it, you know? So everyone's gonna feel it. Alright, we're gonna end it there. Feel free to um, let me know your opinions on... I lost another patron. That's okay. We are at seven patrons-ish right now for the month of June. Um, thank you guys so much. Michael Linehan, Mary Cabral, Kat, Shelby Church, my mom, Max, and Haley. Thank you guys very much for being a part of the reason I'm able to do this and aimlessly make content on the internet for other people to hear, see, smell, whatever. Um, I tried to put this on video, couldn't do it because not only do I look like a wet rat currently, but um, I don't know how my webcam works, so we're working on it. We're fixing the kinks. Um, let me know what you thought of inside, uh, if you want. Um, I made a TikTok about it that has 16k views, and I hate it, because it's not funny. Um, and I won't refuse to talk about it ever. I will always be talking about this special, and I... <sighs> Alright, I'm gonna go. Thank you guys for... <laughs> For listening, I will see you, hear you next week.